on board. Are we doing anything cool this summer? That is an excellent question. Honey, did you check your calendar yet? Because I want to lock in a rental on the Cape. The place we like only has a couple weeks left, and there's no way we're getting I July 4th. I told you there's no way I can do a whole week. What? How many vacation days have you taken this year? One? Technically. What? Technically? I took a vacation day the day you had your tooth pulled. It was hardly a vacation. <laughs> You're telling me. Molly, the problem is the vacation days. Although people at my level don't take many. It's all the other things that I'm committed to. I'm on mission. Oh. You know, like we heard at church. And just because it's summer, those things don't go away. There's the fact that I'm team leader on Communion Sundays and um, in the Neighborhood Association. Well, wait. You said you were going to take a break for the summer. I, I know, but that was before I was on mission. If I back off now, who can say what would happen? You may not have noticed, but I'm pretty important around here. People depend on me. I'm sure they would be okay if you took a week away. Look, I, I was there at church. I heard those on-mission messages too. And don't worry, this summer it doesn't count, okay? This summer is all about us. As a family, we need a break. We've worked hard all year and we've already done the whole on-mission thing. And besides, everybody knows that nothing important happens at church over the summer. Okay, so, Jeff, what do you want to do, buddy? You want to go to the Cape? Well, Mike and Luke were doing this family camp thing. They said it was Ooh. fun. I really want to go. They got, like, kayaking and... Camping? No, 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 not that camping. You don't need a tent. It's just... Hey, have you seen this email from the Whartons? No, what is it? Looking for someone to help them move on August 2nd. Uh, Told them. August 2nd? Be there. August 2nd is my cousin's wedding. We're going to Maine. Are we? Oh, hon, you know we've been looking for an opportunity to reach out to them. And your cousin, she'll understand. No, no, no. Hey, look, just because it's summertime doesn't mean we can do whatever we want. No, we can. We really can. I'm on mission. <sighs> you know what? Relaxing is now my mission. Well, good luck with that. I'm going on a mission to Luke's. His family's having intentional hot dog night. So have you had any conversations like that around your house as you've been making plans for the summer? Which of those three characters are you most like? The maniacal mission dad who won't allow himself to take a break? Or are you more like the worn-out church mom who desperately needs a rest? Or maybe you're confused like the kid. I'm not sure if summer is about being on mission or on vacation. Well, this morning, we come to the end of a teaching journey that we began all the way back in September of learning what it means to live on mission. 
to align our everyday lives with God's heart for the world. And this spring, we are talking about our everyday lives. We've talked about, uh, about uh, home and family matters. We've talked about neighborhood matters. We've talked about church matters. And this morning, we're thinking about vacation matters. Now, I understand that summer means different things to different people, uh, but my guess is that all of us are going to try to find some way to do life a little bit differently this summer, at least for a week or two. I mean, New Englanders in particular are famous for taking advantage of the nice weather, getting out of town and going to the mountains or the, or the beach or off to some family reunion somewhere else in the country. But, but as Christ followers, as, as people who take seriously God's work in this world, we want our summer to count for more than just a nice tan and some pictures on Instagram. So what does a missional summer look like? Are we supposed to keep up the same pace we've been working at all year long? I mean, the devil doesn't take a vacation, right? Or are we allowed to just relax and take a break and enjoy life and God's beautiful world for a little bit? Is the summer about being on mission or on vacation? Or could it be about both? Well, since the devil was never meant to be our role model, why don't we look at Jesus and see how he manages this tension between uh, mission and rest. We're going to go to a familiar story in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, where we find Jesus and his disciples, and they're having the very same kind of conversation we just, we just saw in this, in this video. So Mark, chapter 6. Now, before we get to the text we want to focus on, let's just set the scene a little bit, see what's happening. Now, earlier in chapter 6, Jesus sends the 12 disciples out on what we can accurately call a mission trip. Verse 7, calling the 12 to him, he sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. So the disciples are literally on mission. They really are. Jesus sends them out to villages and countryside to do his work. Now, we don't know how long this ministry tour lasted. It had to be weeks. Maybe it was months. It sounds as though it was pretty successful. And it had to have been a pretty remarkable experience for these, these peasants, these uneducated fishermen, this low-life tax collector, to be preaching the kingdom of God, to be performing miracles, healing people, and casting out demons. They must have had a lot to talk about. And they must have been pretty worn out as well after all these weeks on the road, after these many, many people and their problems that they had been dealing with. Now, on top of all that, understand that something very disturbing has also just happened. Mark tells us in this chapter that John the baptizer, who had already been arrested and imprisoned, had now been put to death, beheaded by King Herod. Now, remember, many of these, these apostles had originally been followers, disciples of, 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 of John the Baptist. So he had been their spiritual mentor. He'd been the one who pointed them to Jesus in the first place. This has had to have been devastating news. Not only have they lost their spiritual mentor, they had to be wondering who Herod was going to come after next. And so understand, the disciples are both tired and hurting as they come to this particular moment in their ministry. So with that in mind, let's see what happens next. Verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. 
So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. Come away with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. That had to have been music to their ears. I mean, after all they've been through, all they have seen and done and experienced, this devastating loss that has just hit them, what they needed was some downtime, some process time with Jesus, their master and their friend. They needed some R&R, some rest and renewal. And chances are, so do we. Chances are, for most of us, it's been a pretty full and demanding year. It certainly has been that way uh, here at Grace. And looking back over this past year, launching two new campuses in one year, serving thousands of children and teenagers and adults who come through our doors every single week, supporting our many partners in the region and around the world, and of course, all the while, being on mission in our neighborhoods and our schools and our workplaces as we've been talking about. It's been a pretty full year. This past week, I... I suddenly felt as though for the first time in a long time I could, I could actually just slow down and, and take a deep breath, this, this sense of relief at coming towards the end of the, of the season. In fact, on Thursday, I was hustling back to Lexington from a meeting in Boston. I was hunched over the steering wheel, zigzagging my way through traffic, and suddenly I realized that I didn't have to rush. Our normal Thursday afternoon meeting had been canceled. Nobody was waiting for me. Except Bill, and he could wait. <laughs> there were no deadlines. I, I could just take my time. Right about that time, I passed the McDonald's advertising $1 iced coffees. So I pulled in, bought myself an iced coffee, rolled down the window, cranked up the music, and leisurely drove back to Lexington. <laughs> now, I haven't been that relaxed in a long time. Now, I've got to believe that your year has been just as demanding and just as draining as mine has been, and, and maybe more so as you've tried to juggle work and family and school and church and mission and all the other things that everyday life consists of. I know many of you, hundreds of you, have been volunteering here at Grace in all kinds of ways for, for all 10 months of this past ministry year. Kids Town and Cafe and Welcome Ministry and all kinds of ways, not to mention all your service to the community and to your neighbors. It's been a full year. And chances are we've all had some tough things happen this year as well. Some loss, some change, some challenge, some heartache perhaps. And so we can understand these disciples coming to this moment feeling worn out and, and a little bit discouraged, a little bit tired. The good news here is that it's okay to take a break. It's okay. Jesus invites us. He actually commands us to come away with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. He, meant, he means it for us as well as for the 12. And notice he said it to them while there were still all kinds of people around with real needs to be met. But Jesus knew they couldn't keep up this kind of pace nonstop. They had to take a break. They needed some rest and renewal. So it turns out that if you're going to live on mission... Vacation matters. And as I spent a little time just reflecting on this simple little story and thinking about the rest of Jesus' life, I kind of arrived at five characteristics of a missional vacation. 
five characteristics. You ready? The first one is pause. Pause. At regular intervals in the course of a week, the course of a season, the course of a year, we need to stop. Slow down, take a breath, and rest. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we surveyed the life of Jesus, and we were struck by the fact that he was always on the go, it seemed like. Village to village, town to town, this region to that region, one person, one encounter after another after another. He's like the energizer bunny. He just doesn't stop. But I went back to the Gospels this week, read through them all again, and I was just as surprised at how often Jesus does, in fact, stop and slow down and take a break. Listen to a few examples. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know. When he finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from that. I mean, look at that. He hid himself from them. That doesn't sound very missional. Hiding in the closet so people can't find you? And I thought being on mission was about being out there, mixing it up with the real world, going where people and needs are. And generally speaking, it is. But from time to time, and with some regularity, we need to take a break to stop the music and slow down. Jesus models that throughout his ministry. He faithfully keeps the Sabbath, taking a day every week to rest and worship, to pray and to play. And this principle of Sabbath, that, that principle is, gra is ground in the very nature of God himself who rested on the seventh day. This principle of Sabbath is hardwired into the operating system of this planet. Fields need to lie fallow once in a while. Plants need to go dormant. Animals need to hibernate. And human beings need to rest. So it's okay. For most of us, summer is a good time to do that. Even if you can't take a formal get-out-of-town-for-two-weeks kind of vacation, I hope you can find a way to just slow down, sleep in a few mornings, take a nap, lay in the hammock or on the chase lounge. If you can't actually stop, then at least change the pace a little bit. Uh, eat on the patio instead of on the kitchen. Take the scenic route to work for a change. Go for a walk after dinner. Find a way to pause. So let me ask you the first in a series of vacation questions. When will you take time to rest? When will you take time to rest? The second element is place. In addition to changing the pace of life, we need to change the scenery once in a while too. It just refreshes our spirits. It stimulates our creativity. It gives us a new sense of perspective on who we are and what God is doing in the world. Look, Jesus says... Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place, a solitary place. And so they go looking for a peaceful spot somewhere on the lake. Now, when we visited Israel a few years ago, I, I had a new appreciation for why Jesus spends so much time in Galilee and by the lake. It is beautiful. So much of the landscape in that part of the world is dry and barren. And suddenly you come over a rise as you head north in Israel 
And there is the Sea of Galilee, this deep blue jewel set among the surrounding hills. It's absolutely stunningly beautiful. And so no wonder Jesus spends time there. But as I worked through the Gospels, I realized there were other places Jesus retreated to. He went to the Mount of Olives on several occasions. The, the quiet town of Bethany outside of hustling Jerusalem. Off to the wilderness from time to time. And then I found a very interesting note in John chapter 10. Then Jesus went back across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. This is very interesting. This, this little scene happens just after Jesus has a very ugly encounter with the Pharisees. In fact, it ends with them trying to stone him to death. So what does Jesus do? He finds his way back to where it all began, to where John baptized him in the Jordan River. And no doubt he remembered again that dove descending and that voice from heaven reminding him that he was a beloved son that the Father was pleased in him and that this was, in fact, his mission in the world. He remembered who he was and why he was here and where he had come from. And so places can have great restorative power for us, sometimes because of their beauty, like the Sea of Galilee, sometimes because of their familiarity, like a cabin by the lake your family has gone to for generations, sometimes because of their significance in our own stories. Pastor Tom of the Wilmington campus is off on a sabbatical for this month. So he and the family are taking a road trip through the Midwest. He and Julie want to show their kids some of the formative places of their early years. So they're going to visit their alma mater outside Chicago where the two of them met. They're going to drive north to Wisconsin to a summer camp they both worked at. They're going to head over to Michigan and to their first ministry assignment. And you can be sure that all along the way, they're going to be sharing memories and telling stories to one another and to their kids. And they'll be remembering who they are and where they came from and how God brought them together and how good God has been to them over all these years. Places can be very restorative. But as we said, you don't have to leave New England. You can drive a half an hour in any direction and be at a beach or a mountain or a park or a museum. So as you look forward to your summer, where will you find refreshment? Where will you find refreshment? So pause, place, the third element in a missional vacation is play. Now, working class people in the ancient world didn't have the same kind of recreational opportunities we have available to us. But I do find it interesting that when Jesus and the disciples needed a break, they got into a boat. So they went away by themselves in a boat. Now I realize they weren't water skiing behind the boat, all right? I know that. Although Jesus has taught them to barefoot. Okay? So they're not out water skiing, but they're not working either. This isn't a fishing trip. This is a pleasure cruise. This is a pontoon boat around the lake. This boat had become a refuge for them. It was a place they were comfortable and familiar, where they could be away from the crowd, where they could just be themselves. And that's what they needed. Now, I don't know if you're into boats. Personally, I'm into friends with boats. <laughs> it's much cheaper. But play, 
Play is about doing something satisfying that has no productive value at all. It's just about having fun. It's just about enjoying life and the world that God has given you and the people and the activities that are available to us. And I think Jesus knew how to have fun. Now, there's no golf courses in ancient Palestine, but we often find Jesus at dinner parties. We often find him walking in beautiful places. His first wedding, miracles performed at a wedding reception. I think Jesus knew how to play. So it's okay to have fun this summer, to swim, to sail, to hike, to bike, to garden, to golf, to ride a roller coaster, to go to a ball game, to throw a barbecue. It's okay to have fun this summer. At the Christian college I attended back in the day, they used to lock up the tennis courts on Sundays because we weren't supposed to play tennis. We could study our brains out, but we couldn't play tennis on Sunday. That misses the point. The whole principle of Sabbath is freedom to pray and play, to rest and recreate. So, as you look ahead to your summer, what will you do for fun? What will you do for fun? The fourth ingredient is people. Now, I'm not talking about the people we have to deal with from day to day. Customers, colleagues, clients, congregations. <laughs> Just kidding. We all tend to need a break sometimes from the people we see every day. I'm talking about the people you want to spend time with. The people who mean more to you than anyone else in the world. The people who refuel you, re-energize you. People with whom you can be yourself. You don't have to be on with them. And that's what the disciples needed. They had been on for weeks, going from town to town, representing Jesus, sleeping in strangers' homes, being guests. They just needed to hang out with each other. Remember, these guys, they, they'd grown up together. They'd been friends their whole lives, fishing partners. And they just needed to chill out for a while with each other. And we see Jesus do that again and again in the course of his ministry. He asks Peter, James, and John to go with him to the top of a mountain. He retreats several times to the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus in Bethany. On the final night before his crucifixion, he meets his disciples in the upper room and he says, I have eagerly desired to have this Passover with you. He needed time with his friends before that ordeal. And so vacation affords us time and opportunity to be with the people we love and care about most in the world. For 20-some years of our lives, as, uh, as our kids were growing up, every June, as soon as school was out, we would hop in the car and drive straight through to Wheaton, Illinois, to visit with Karen's family for a week or so. That was 16 hours straight. The six of us would be trapped in a minivan. Eventually, we upgraded to a maxivan, but we still felt trapped. Now, it was back in the day before there was in-car entertainment systems and individual uh, entertainment systems. So we would sing songs and play 20 questions and argue about sports and, yes, threaten to pull over and leave someone by the side of the road if they didn't stop. <laughs> we went through all of that. But just in time, we would arrive at Grandma's house for a week of home cooking and Papa Joe handing out gummy worms and cousins sleeping on the floor in the basement and croquet tournaments in the backyard. There was nothing glamorous about it. We did it on the cheap 
But you know what our kids refer to, how they describe those? The trip to paradise. That's what they would call it because that's what it meant to us. The fun and freedom of being together with each other and people we loved, it formed us as a family and built lasting relationships with our extended family. Vacation is time to be with the people you love, family, friends. It's time to look them in the eye. It's time to listen without being interrupted. Time to sing songs around a campfire. Time to stay up late talking and laughing and investing in the relationships that will last for a lifetime. So as you look ahead to your summer, who will you spend time with? Who do you need to spend time with? So we've got four P's going here. My guess is you can probably figure out what the fifth P is going to be. This is church after all. Yes, it's pray. But I don't mean the kind of uh, bow your head and close your eyes kind of prayer. I mean the open your eyes and look around kind of prayer. Wake up and look at, at this world God has made and, and all he's doing in the world. Ponder about all that he's done in your life over the past year. Wonder about where he might be leading you on this next leg of the journey. I'm talking about just spending time with God. That's what the disciples needed. Look one more time. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. And he said to them, come with me. As important as the pause and the place and the play and the people were, what these guys needed most of all was time with their Lord, to be with him, to be reminded of who he was and why they believed in him and what this discipleship and mission was all about anyway. They needed to focus on him for a while before they could face the crowds again. And we need that too. Not just to rest, that's good, but we need to be renewed in our faith, in our love for God, in our sense of mission in the world. Because everyday life has a way of beating it out of you, doesn't it? Week after week, month after month, it's a long year. Sometimes you can find yourself just kind of going through the motions at home, in church, and work. Sometimes you feel as though you just have nothing left to give. So much time doing things for God, you're really not spending any time with God. So as you look forward to your summer, how will you spend time with God? How will you spend time with God? Let me give you a few suggestions. Because contrary to what that mom said in the video, important things do happen at church in the summertime. We're very intentional about that. So let me tell you some opportunities we're offering you to reconnect and refuel this summer. The first is our summer teaching series. We're going to be looking at one-word prayers. Okay, think words like help, wow, okay, why, and a few other words that just might surprise you. So I'll be bringing some of those messages, but you'll also have a chance to hear from some of our other pastors as well, and that series begins next week. Secondly, we have a one-day soul care retreat on July 30th at the Rolling Ridge Conference Center in Andover. If you have never spent a day with God, this will allow you to do that. Some guided times of group exercises and then some private time in a beautiful space. Thirdly, the Leadership Summit, August 14th and 15th. We've told you a lot about it. 
Whatever you do for a work or a mission, I guarantee you the summit will refuel your jets. You know what happens to me in the middle of August every year? Uh-oh. September's coming. I don't feel ready and I don't want it to come. By the time the summit is over, I'm saying, I can't wait for September. Let me at the new year. And that's how you'll feel as well. And then finally, Camp of the Woods. Every year, a few hundred Grace Chapel folks spend a week together in a beautiful spot in the Adirondacks. It's got all five of the P's, okay? It's a beautiful place to be. You don't have to cook or clean or do any kind of work at all. Uh, there's all kinds of ways to play. There are great people to be with, your own family and your church family, and there's teaching and worship as well. There's still some spots if you'd like to go. But, of course, there are lots of ways you can connect with God on your own this summer as well. Maybe choose a particular portion of Scripture to spend time with. Maybe the book of Psalms, just for the summer. Maybe you work through the Gospels again, just for the summer. Read some books. Tomorrow, we're going to post on the website a summer reading list recommended by our staff. Take a walk in the woods or by a lake, but take that walk with God and talk to Him as you go. If you're out of town, find a church to go to and see if God meets you there. So there you have it, five ingredients for a missional vacation. Pause, place, play, people, and pray. I know it sounds as though we should be done at this point, but some of you know what happens next in this story, don't you? Or maybe you looked ahead. You see, sometimes our best laid plans for the summer just fall apart. And sometimes, for some people in certain lines of work, summer is not a time of rest at all. If you're a park ranger, or if you work in the ER, or if you're a cop, or if you've got a crowd of kids at home, summer may be your most stressful season of all. Some of you are serving in vacation Bible school, and you're not going to get a break for a bit yet. Some of you are going off on mission trips. It's going to be a while before you can rest. And sometimes, summer just doesn't go as planned. People get sick. Things happen. And suddenly, rest and renewal is hard to come by. That's what happens to the disciples here in Mark 6, verse 33. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. Well, so much for come away by yourselves and get some rest. The disciples' hearts must have sank. They were in no mood for ministry. But now look at Jesus' response, verse 36. He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd, so he began teaching them. Jesus is tired too. He's eager to be alone with his disciples. But when he sees this crowd of people, his missional heart kicks in and he begins teaching them. And I gotta believe the disciples at this point just kind of said, oh, there he goes again. There he goes again, caring for all these people, dragging us into this thing. They were not interested. They're tired, they're hungry, they're out of gas. Look at verse 36. At the height of compassion, they say, send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. It's the same conversation that husband and wife were having. Don't we get a break once in a while? The disciples, they had their own needs to worry about. They're tired and hungry, and they want to be with Jesus. Send them away. But Jesus doesn't let them off that easily. Verse 37, but he answered, you give them something to eat. It's not what the disciples wanted to hear. 
We don't have time to read the whole story, but you know how it goes. The disciples say, we can't. We have nowhere near enough for these people. We've got nothing left, Jesus. But it turns out they had a little something, didn't they? Five loaves and two fish, to be exact. And they brought that little bit to Jesus, and you know what? It was enough. In fact, it was more than enough. Jesus fed the whole crowd. The disciples got to help, and everybody went home satisfied. And in a very revealing little detail, we're told, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. Now, why do you think there were 12 baskets? So every disciple would get one. Every disciple who was so afraid that their needs wouldn't be met, Jesus sends them all home with their own personal doggy basket (laughs) to remind them Bring me what you have, and it will be enough, not just for them, but for you as well. Sometimes mission has a way of finding us even when we're on vacation. Sometimes things don't go as planned. Sometimes we aren't able to take a break. Sometimes we feel like we're just out of gas. But if in those moments we will bring Jesus whatever little bit we have, we'll find out it's enough for him to do something good in our lives and in the people around us. So none of us knows what summer is going to bring, who we're going to bump into, what needs or opportunities we'll have. Chances are there will be surprises and some, some things won't go as planned. But if we'll do our best to make time for rest and renewal, Jesus will see to it that we are ready for whatever ministry opportunity comes our way. And that's our final lesson in this year-long journey. Living on mission means making time for rest and renewal so we can be ready to make every day matter. Making time for rest and renewal so we can make every day matter. And that ultimately is what living on mission is all about. It's about about making every day matter for Christ and his kingdom. No matter who who we're with, no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, to align our daily life and experience with whatever God is doing around us. And I think we're getting the hang of it. I really do. One of the most exciting things for me this year is to have here you folks using the language of mission and talking about what you're doing and who you're doing it with. It's been so exciting to see you engaging with your friends and your neighbors, to see life communities partnering with our folks around the city and around the world. I think we really are becoming a go-and-do church as well as a come-and-see church. And honestly, I can't wait to see what next year has in store. But for now, it's summer, and I'm glad. So let's ask ourselves a few questions. When will I rest? Where will I find refreshment? What will I do for fun? Who will I spend time with? And how will I spend time with God? And however your summer turns out, know that Jesus will be enough for you and more than enough for the days of summer and every day to come. Let's pray. But we are grateful for this rich, wonderful, remarkable, and sometimes exhausting year that we've been through, whether school, work, home, or here at church. Thank you for the many ways we've grown, the things we've learned, 
for the lives that have been touched and changed, for the way the ministry has expanded. We are indeed a grateful people that you've invited us to be about your work in this world. Now, Lord, we're also, many of us, ready for a break. And so pray that one way or another you would allow us to find rest ultimately in you this summer. Thank you for the promise of summer worship and ministry. And pray your blessing upon each of us and all of us in order that you might have us ready for whatever's next. In Jesus' name, amen.